This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. Sometimes when I get frustrated with church and the things that sometimes go on, I have to stop and take a look in the mirror. In the eyes of some people, it's probably not even cool to say that I actually get frustrated with church and with Christians. And I understand why in many instances, it seems like people can either take it or leave it. You've probably heard me say that before. And I also understand why Sometimes people come to church for the wrong reasons. I understand it. That's not about me judging people for it or even agreeing with it. I'm just saying I understand it. And I understand it because if I'm absolutely honest, I have felt at times very many of the same things that I have heard people express about being Christians or about other Christians or about their church experience. I have felt the same way at different points in my life. And as a person who has been in ministry for 38 years, when I see what often looks like powerless mediocrity wrapped in a cloak called church, I have to take ownership of some of that. Now, for the record, because I know that titles and designations matter to some people, I have never been a senior pastor or a lead pastor. Okay, I have been an assistant pastor. I have been a pastor responsible for leading other pastors within the church. And I have led multiple ministries within the local church. I just want to make that clear. I only share that because even though I have never held the title of lead pastor, I have still pastored people for a few decades now, which even sounds crazy for me to say, <laughs> even though it has not always looked like any traditional picture of what we see now. So that means I have been responsible for teaching, discipling, and leading a number of people over the years. And that also means that if I have a problem or an issue with anything I see around me, I have to look at myself and ask the question, what role did I have in this? And so when I see and hear some of the things that frustrate me or turn me off, in church or from other Christians, I realized that I once taught and believed some of those things that challenge me so much now. And again, you may have heard me say this before. I've preached some of the same scriptures completely out of context. I've used some of the same spiritual language that seemed to say all the right things. It sounded spiritual, but I had no reality of those things in my life. And I've believed, and I'm sure I've repeated some of those same things that I've heard people say now that sounds so crazy to me because it's so not even in the Bible or aligned with the heart of God. And as we as a church are still enduring one of the greatest times of sifting and shaking we have ever seen, I have to acknowledge that I've been a part of making this whole life in Christ far more complicated than it has ever had to be. And 
Again, you've probably heard me say that I love reading stories of various missionaries and moves of God in church history. The simplicity of people who just took God at his word and saw him move in ways that I have never personally experienced. Even with all of my advantages that I have today, it just fascinates me. It consumes me. And I also love to experience God in other cultures because when I step away from all that is familiar to me and encounter him in conditions that would in our culture be entirely unacceptable, it reminds me that even without all the comforts and the optics, Jesus Christ alone is enough. And I think that makes me feel like when I'm talking to people, I'm always saying the same thing. Maybe in different ways, but at his core, it's always the same. Just lay everything down at his feet and surrender. Pursue him as if he were the actual air you breathe. Let only the things that matter to him matter to you. And let his heart be your one desire. And I also know that I have heard and thought some of the same things you may be thinking, but what about me? What about the things I want? Don't I deserve to be happy and to enjoy my life, to pursue my own interests? Just because I want to do my own thing or do other things outside of church, does that mean that I don't love God? I'm not the one to say that. Only he is. But what I do know is that our desire follows our attention. And the more and more and more we focus our attention on him, the more everything else seems dull and unimportant. It's only when we gaze constantly and consistently at the light, who is Christ, that the things around us are revealed clearly for what they truly are. And what are they? Inferior to and less than the gift we've already received. The beautiful and irresistible one who is everything. When we do that thing that David talked about in Psalm 16, 8, I have set the Lord always or continually before me, which means when he remains always in the forefront of our mind, that is the only way that we tap into the limitless reality of life in him and he in us. (laughs) One of the crazy things I hear people in church often say is something like this, Lord, we give you permission to do whatever you want to do today, which often means we're going to be here for the next hour or so, so have at it. Let's have us some good church. I mean, really, honestly, that's what it means, right? And I get it. The whole idea of telling God that we are open to him doing what he wants to do in our midst. I'm not sure we actually mean that because the minute something out of the ordinary happens or something we don't understand, we are quick to call it not right or even call it the devil. But that's a whole nother discussion. But giving him permission to do anything just always feels crazy to me because I'm not sure how I have the ability to give permission for anything to the sovereign God who framed the entire universe. And maybe it's just a case of semantics, but I know that words are important and I want to see the limitless God be his limitless self in, around, and through me at all times every day, and in every way. If such a thing is even possible, I don't want to define the spaces or the places or the ways that God operates in my life because anything I can come up with 
is limitless, limited. I can't even conceive the fullness or even a fraction of who he is or the ways he can demonstrate and reveal himself. And all I really want is for my life to be a tabernacle. I want my life to be a dwelling place where he finds joy and where he just is. Where he is who he is because he is. That's just what's on my mind and on my heart today. So rather than invite him to come and be with us, since he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, or rather than to give him permission to do this or that, and only when we are in church, how about we begin to start each day by saying something like, I honor you, Father. I honor you, Jesus. I honor you, Holy Spirit. And thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for your willingness to abide with me and through me. Thank you for your willingness to live through me. And thank you for your desire to reveal yourself to me today. Thank you for allowing me to encounter you however you choose today. And I will set the eyes of my heart upon you this day. As you live boldly through me, out loud.